Hey guys, it's Leah B from Prestige Veteran Medical Consulting. I am a U.S. Army veteran and a physician assistant and former CMP examiner. Today, I want to come on and discuss HIV in the veteran community and how it can be related to your service and become a service-connected disability. So many veterans don't realize that HIV is something that can be related to your service if it um, was diagnosed in service or can be related to another service-connected disability. So I want to go over some of those things. But before we jump into that, I want to bring up a couple of um, informational pieces that you guys may not know about, right? So according to um, VA.gov, there was an article published in 2018 um, regarding uh, World AIDS Day, which is December 1st. And the VA published an article that basically stated that, um, I have the article pulled up here, stated that the VA is the single largest provider of HIV care in the U.S., serving over 30,000 veterans with HIV across the country. VA is committed to each step in the HIV care continuum, from testing and diagnosis to linkage to care and treatment and prevention. Community and federal partners play a critical um, role in extending the care that they provide to veterans with HIV. So over 43% of all veterans in care are tested for HIV. That doesn't mean that they have it, but they the VA is basically trying to say that they do a they try to do a great job of identifying and um, continually screening for that. Okay, so I just want you guys to understand that this is a common issue. Although you may not think about it, if it doesn't affect you, this is a common issue affecting our veterans and our former service members and even current service members. Right. So even on active duty, you guys may not know this, but there are many um, active duty service members, reservists, National Guardsmen that are um, serving currently with HIV, okay? It is not a disqualifier for you to serve, right? So th these laws and regulations are always subject to, to change, um, but people can wear the uniform and have these dis these um, disorders, or um, I, ha I hate to call them disabilities, but they can have these types of conditions and still serve on active duty. They may be prohibited from serving in certain um, areas, like in a combat zone, depending on what... Um, you know, hepatitis, HIV, different types of communicable diseases. There may, there may be some restrictions on areas that they can serve in, but they can still certainly serve, okay? So that may be a surprise to some people that don't think about that, but um, this is certainly something that goes on every day. So um, now let's get into the, the facts behind service connection, right? So obviously we have primary and secondary service connection. So if somebody developed and was diagnosed with HIV on active duty, um, that's a pretty under, understandable way for them to get service connected, right? So there are some caveats to that um, when, when it comes to things like willful misconduct, right? I don't want to get into that a ton because that's more of a legal issue, right? I'm not a legal professional. I'm not an attorney, accredited claims agent, or a VSO. Those are things that you should definitely check with your um, legal professional about. But anything that has to do with willful misconduct can certainly impair your ability to get a service connection, okay? But those are things that you should definitely follow up with those guys about. Now, if you develop, um, you know, for example, if you're serving on active duty and, you know, one time when I was deployed, I had an accidental needle stick off of a foreign national, right? I was in Iraq. I was doing a medical procedure. I had an accidental needle stick. Um, thankfully, there was no um, long-term effect of that. I didn't um, get any kind of communicable disease, but that's the kind of thing that healthcare providers can be subjected to, right? Is blood products, um, blood transfusions, needles, things like that. And so 
medical providers, medical professionals that are wearing the uniform are often, um, you know, around those types of exposures, right? Okay, so that's that's one thing, a, a healthcare provider, just living your daily life, right? If you're getting, if you're on active duty and you're getting a tattoo and you're just, it's not a willful misconduct thing. You're just being a, a normal soldier. You get a tattoo, you're in relationships, you're just being a normal human being and, and you get exposed and you unknowingly get exposed to something that could potentially be something that you can be service connected for because you're just, you know, living your life as a soldier. Did the, did the service, um, you know, cause that per se? Well, I don't know, but if you're, you know, 365 days a year, a service member, the things that happen to you while you're in the service, so long as they're not, um, again, a willful misconduct issue are, are things that happen while you're a service member, right? So we talk about um, primary service connection. Now let's talk about secondary service connection because this is a big one, right? So post-service, how can things be related? How can you contract HIV or another communicable disease and it be related to your service, okay? So if your service connected for something and you, let's say you're service connected for an, an issue that requires a surgery, right? Let's say you have, um, you need a total knee replacement and you wind up having um, to have a bad outcome during your surgery and you need multiple blood products, right? And you have some type of transfusion related reaction. I don't think those things happen very much as much anymore, but if there's something that happens in a surgical way that, that you contract, um, or exposed, or you have an exposure, that would make sense, right? So that's one. Also, this is a hot button issue, but I'm going to go ahead and go into it because several service members are service connected for things like this, okay? Let's say you have a service connected mental health issue, okay? And you have a substance abuse disorder, alcohol, drugs, um, you know, you have risky sexual behavior, because you've got terrible combat-related PTSD that's service-connected. You've been in and out of rehab, things like that. You've got um, very well-documented, or maybe it's not so well-documented, but it's a fact that you've got a tremendous amount of you know, hard time struggling with the issues that are related to your service. Um, and you get exposed because of some of those issues, okay? So the, the problem here and the, and the thing that can become difficult with these is whether it is a part or a symptom of your medical condition or your psychiatric condition, or if it's that willful misconduct, right? And that's one of those things that has to just be navigated by you, your healthcare provider, your legal professional to determine, okay, is this, is this something that you're consciously just controlling and you're just saying, hey, I'm going to just go be a, you know, use these substances, or is it really part of a disorder, okay? And you're exposed to these things because you have psychological issues that are difficult for you to control, okay? Um, so I hope this was helpful. I know this is kind of a, um, this is not a subject that is brought up a lot. There's not a lot of articles even out there. There's there's tons of blogs and research about tons of conditions out there. This is not one that has a ton of articles about. Oh, I want to go over one more thing, right? Um, I'm going to show you about ratings. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, always about ratings, but let me share a screen with you guys. Okay. So ratings are always subject to change, okay? But for... Um, HIV-related illnesses, you guys can see here, um, AIDS with recurrent opportunistic infections, okay, if, if someone has progressed to AIDS, um, 
or with secondary diseases afflicting multiple body systems, HIV related illnesses with the, with um, progressive weight loss is 100%. At the 60% level, it's refractory constitutional symptoms, diarrhea, pathological weight loss, minimum rating following development of AIDS related opportunistic infection or neoplasm, 60%. Um, it goes on, it goes down to 30, 10, and zero. So if somebody's asymptomatic following their initial diagnosis of HIV infection um, with or without lymphadenopathy or decreased T4 count, it's 0%. There's several notes in here. This is straight out of the 38 Code of Federal Regulation, and it shows, um, and this is available online. You can go look this up, um, the ratings for um, HIV-related illnesses. And this came out of, let's see, the schedule of ratings for infectious diseases, immune disorders, and nutritional deficiencies. Um, so you guys can go take a look at that off of, you can find it in va.gov. So I'm not going to bore you with going over that entire thing, but that is definitely something you guys can take a look at. I hope this was helpful. Please let me know if you guys have any questions about this. And I hope if you guys are um, suffering from this and it, it it's something that resonates with you that you maybe take a look closer at this and see if this some of this stuff applies to you guys. All right. Thanks for watching. Talk to you later.